It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, here we go on the podcast. We do it on a Tuesday. You'll have to excuse the voice for just a moment, but I feel like it's getting better. Al Dukes, how is you? Oh, hi, Jerry. Uh, let's do no podcast tomorrow. Tomorrow's Wednesday, but it's the day before Thanksgiving, and I need to get out of here, Jerry. Whatever you know you what want. I'm saying? Yeah. Well, let's do a quality podcast today. First of all, uh, when I woke up this morning and started driving, I realized I had no gas, which was a mistake on my part. I meant to get gas yesterday on my way home. I do love that. So I did have to stop at the gas station on the parkway. Right. Now, I was really like down to nothing when I got gas. Wow. But the guy on the parkway was a different gas pumper. Okay. Like in New Jersey, we have to have somebody pump our gas. We're not responsible enough to be able to get out and pump your own gas. Which I still don't understand, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, I would love to pump my own gas. Yeah, me too. So this guy could not figure out how to do anything but $20 a shot. Okay. So I could only get $20 of gas. Right. So now I got to get gas again because I got the gas and I go back and I got to get gas again because I'm worried about <laughs> if I wait now another day, now I'm in the holiday gas people situation. Yeah, that is true. You got to get home and fill it up. Although I, I saw Joe Biden's releasing 50 million gallons of gas from the reserves, which is uh, I'm not all that familiar with what happens. But I think what happens, Jerry, is once gas prices get to a certain amount, we have these reserves, which we can then use. And then hopefully then the regular gas production gets back in line with what it's supposed to be. And the gas prices Come right, back so here's, down. Here's the problem with that. In theory, you're right. Yeah. Because pro- I read an article about this oh, the other right? day about the oil reserves being released. Yeah, oil reserves, Jerry. The problem with it is, is if the gas prices and the oil prices don't come down, you know, where we get the oil from, um, then once we go through our reserves, not only will the prices go back up, they will skyrocket beyond where they are. Because they know we have no reserves? Correct. Oh, those jerks. Do Who does this? Iraq, Jerry? I don't know. I don't know. Saudi Ara- I think Saudi Arabia. I thought we have oil tanks, uh, like oil things in like uh, just off of Texas. We do. I don't know. Well, let's get those going. I've Again, this is where, and you had a great tweet today about the news and yeah, how you get you. different you know, views of different um, topics and situations. So I have read in some places that we are and can be 100% self-sufficient with the oil that we have in this country. I've also read that we're not and can't be self-sufficient because we don't have enough. I have no idea. This is what I would say. If I was President Biden, I would go to, I don't know, Saudi Arabia, Iraq. I don't know where we get our oil from, Jerry. The Middle East. And I go like this. Guess what? We're going to have all electric cars soon. And you're going to have all this gas with nothing to do with it. So give us the gas at the right price, or we're going to have all electric vehicles here soon. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, I don't. Jerry? I, I mean, you can do that, but at I least don't threaten know that them. that's going to work. 
By the way, Venezuela, yeah. I don't know if you know, it goes the goofiness of what the price is. I believe a gallon of gas in Venezuela is 20 cents. 20 cents, Jerry? I believe so. I'm going to start filling up in Venezuela and then driving back to Jersey. Because they have so much oil, and I guess we don't get it from there. Yeah. Um, I believe Venezuela has the cheapest gasoline in the country. Hmm. Yeah. What if we move to Venezuela where the gas is cheap? I believe that's a communist country. Oh. I don't know that you well, want to I don't want to do that then, Jerry. I'd rather pay a few extra bucks for gas and have my freedoms. Uh, yes, exactly right. I have a couple of... Uh, Imagine you without your freedoms. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have a couple quality stories here, Jerry, that I've printed out on uh, from various things, and I thought I would do them for you. I like it. Uh, this comes from Australia, and the headline reads, A man claims he was stalked by terrifying dog man. In Australian Outback. Al Hughes. Al Hughes. He says he has proof. He took some photos. Now, I, I don't see a dog man in these photos, Jerry. It's like those old Bigfoot photos where there's something in the bushes, but we don't know what it is. Right. Uh, he said he, he encountered a half-dog, half-human creature. Okay. Well, what are we doing now? The dog man. Stupid. He thought the dog man was going to kill him. Okay. I mean, is this a serious story? This is, is a real like story, Jerry. This is National Enquirer. Of no, this Australia. is a quality news story. <clears throat> okay. Whatever it was, this thing was following me. It wasn't a coincidence or anything. It was more of a stalk. He took out his camera and snapped a few pictures of the dog man. Did you see the pictures of the dog I man? I did. It, they're not great. Right. It's also not a dog man. He said, the creature, I actually got it in the photo. What I think it is, I've spoken to a few people, and I reckon it's a dog man. I reckon he's an idiot. <laughs> John insisted he's, uh, he, he, <laughs> there's the writing in this article says this, Jerry. John has insisted he's not barking up the wrong tree with his suggestion of a dog man existing. So here's the thing. Yeah. This is so stupid and not true mm -hmm. that this isn't even on Twitter. You can't even find this dog man article on Twitter? Dog man on Twitter, mm -hmm. and all that comes up is the word dogma. Maybe they don't have uh, Twitter in Australia where this came from. Really? Who knows? I don't know what goes on in these uh, other countries, Jerry. All right. No, I actually, you know what? I do have a couple of dog man references, but it's not this guy. I don't it's know not. what this is. No. Nope, nope, You got to nope, be nope, careful nope. about the dog man, Jerry. Yeah, I don't. I saw a dog man in the woods. Oh, my gosh. So what you don't believe in the dog man? <laughs> no. All right. Come on. <laughs> well, let's see if you believe this one. Here's another headline, Jerry. Vegas Strip Club shuts, start. shuts down audition after over 1,000 women show up. I believe that. It's for a soon-to-be-open Las Vegas strip club. Yeah, why the, wouldn't that make sense? The fire marshal shut it down because there were too many women online. You know how much money a Vegas stripper makes? A lot of money, I guess. I would think a Las Vegas... I mean... Listen, I don't know. My guess is, though, a Las Vegas stripper makes $1,000 a night. I bet you more than that, for sure. Okay. I, so, I really think like the uh, the Tampa strippers are making $1,000 a night, and that was back in the 90s when I was there. So think about that. That's why you got a brand new one opening. That means people are going to flock to it, and you're going to make a fortune. This is uh, the, the name of the new club, Jerry, is Club Ice, and it's opening up in Henderson, Nevada, which is just outside of Vegas. I like the name, Club Ice. Club Ice. So here we go. Let's see. Mm, how much does a Las Vegas stripper make? Uh, it says anywhere from approximately the average salary is yeah. $86,000 a year. Oh, my goodness, Jerry. 
but this one says most will make over three hundred thousand a year. Is that right? Yeah. Three hundred thousand dollars in cash. All right. Now this one. Wow. Now this one is saying the average salary is four hundred eighteen thousand dollars. Oh year. my. Oh yeah. my. So that's why a thousand people show up for it. A thousand girls show up for it. What's a man stripper make in Las Vegas, Jerry? I'm thinking uh, I have it right here. here. $26,396. <laughs> <laughs> so not as much. Not as much. And I would be curious, too, on what the real number is, though. Because you know a lot of that's going to be cash. Right. That's not going to be on the books. So right. who knows? They're not reporting uh, that they, they made $400,000 in cash, Jerry. This is, where the, this is where they don't pay taxes, and I want strippers paying their fair share. I totally understand. Wow, look at this. This is a story from a, a former Vegas VIP stripper. What is she, she was, saying? For New Year's Eve, she was making $500 every 20 minutes. That's not oh bad, Jerry. God, wow. Jerry, you know what they say about that? Pretty good money. I would say that is pretty good money. My Lord. Oh, my. I have an, another interesting story. I'm Googling to get a little more information here. Okay. Uh, this story was in the news not that long ago, but it seems like it's... Uh, I just want to see how old this gal is, Jerry. Uh, this this Mike Zimmer, it is confirmed he is dating... Oh, the Vikings coach? Yeah, the Vikings coach is uh, dating model Katarina Mikedon. I feel like we've done this before, so now yeah, it's confirmed. I guess now it is confirmed. She's been in the luxury boxes at the uh, at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minnesota. Katarina with a K? Uh, Katerina with a K, Jerry. Katerina Elizabeth. He is a 65 and was married for 27 years when his wife died. She yeah, died in 2009. He was with yeah. the Bengals at the time. She died in 2009. He has three yeah. children. And uh, the one of the daughters is all for him dating this younger gal. Good for him. I'm trying to find out her age, Jerry. I can't find it. There really? it is. What's the age difference? Let's check the news, Jerry. This is very important news. Jerry, which is more believable, this or the dog man? She's 38. 38. That's not terrible. 65 and 38. It's not even 30 years. So I wonder see. what she sees in him, Jerry. He must be hilarious, maybe. So you're 52. You could still date a 25-year-old. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's very possible these days. But you got to keep yourself in shape. Right. Well, Mike Zimmer doesn't appear to be in that great a shape. He's rich. And he's a powerful man. He controls. Now, he's the guy in control of masculine musculature men. That is true. On the football team. So now he if he must... gets fired, does she dump him? Mm, I don't know. Unless he gets another <laughs> power position somewhere. Listen, maybe she, maybe he tugged at her heartstrings, Jerry. Sure. She yeah. might like older men. He likes younger women. You never Since know. We, and and like you said, we've done the story a while ago, so this is still going on. Right. It means they're still, they are still together. It means it's true love. Love can be found in many strange places. Love, shiny and new, come <laughs> aboard. <laughs> the love boat. He's expecting you. Am I going to love boat? The love. So was the concept of the love boat that that singles would go on or, or it was a regular cruise and... I think so. I'm not 100% sure because the love boat was pretty much I was still a kid. Yeah, me But too. I do believe that was the thought of the love boat. That singles went on it or that couples went on it to share their love with each other and then... But I thought people met on the love boat. Yeah, I don't know how that works. I'm not sure now. That's a Google great... Google that I don't now know. later on. The... When am I going to have time to do all this research, Jerry? Um, That's what I ask. I mean... When? You're kind of doing all right. I got some time on myself, my hands. 
By the way, our bid is up to almost two grand. Really? To yeah. co-host the post-game podcast? Yeah, there's two minutes and 40 seconds left. That's going to be exciting. Yeah. We'll get somebody in here, Jerry. How about that? Yeah, we'll let them help pick the topics, whatever topics they want to do. How about this? We'll just go on and say, all right, the floor is yours. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, and <laughs> go. You've paid the money. And then what? Ask us some questions, and Jerry and I will react. Exactly. I like it. A 33-year-old Frenchman has transformed his body to become a, quote, black alien. Uh, we've done, you know, these well, guys, what is wrong with these people? You're right, Jerry. We have done, oh, we may God. have even done this one before up to a certain point. He's uh, covered in tattoos. I don't understand. He has now, Jerry, in order to become the black alien even more, he's reportedly, and I have photos to prove it, gotten two fingers chopped off to form a claw. Uh, okay. Yep, it's uh, the latest in a series of procedures. He wants to be an alien. He's uh, got his nose and upper lip cut off, his tongue split, and his entire body, including his eyeballs, covered in tattoos. Didn't this guy cut his, like, chop his nose, too? Yeah, his nose is off his face. Boy, oh, boy. I feel, I really genuinely feel bad for people. He's got an Instagram account if you want to wa- no, uh, go on there, Jerry. I do not. Black Alien Project. I do not. You, ha- you Last time we did this, and I almost threw up. He says he has developed inner peace. Then good for him. Okay. From a very young age, I've been passionate about mutations and transformations of the human body. I had a click when I was a security guard. I realized that I was not living my life the way I wanted. I stopped everything at 24 and left for Australia. I just, you know, I thought about you um, when I was in Dallas, believe mm-hmm. it or not, when we were walking into the stadium, and there were a bunch of people there, and I came to the thought that you had once, why do we all look so different? Yes. Everybody's got two eyeballs and nose, you know, mm-hmm. most people, obviously there are some unfortunate situations, but for the most part, we all have the same features, but the features look different. And then you sit there and think, and that's one way of thinking about it. Another way is... Why do we all have such different feelings, emotions, problems, whatever the case may be, or outlook on life? And someone like this, I, I genuinely feel bad for. Yeah. I mean, that is, I understand, oh, gosh. Yeah, it's very strange. Very yeah, there's nothing right. to say. It's just, all right. I mean, I, I hope he's happy with himself. If he is, then, then good for him. I would like to bring him to uh, Thanksgiving with my family. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? I'm bringing the black alien with me. Wow. Now, your mom might be frightened, don't you yeah. think? And oh, the black yeah. alien would like to discuss politics. He would like to know all of your thoughts. Holy smokes. I wonder if there, if, uh, if politics will break out at the Thanksgiving at my uh, sister's house that we go to. Do you have opposing views within your family? Oh, yes. Yeah, I think every family has opposing views. I will say that most of the time this stuff doesn't come up. Not my family, actually. They do, or it does, or no. doesn't. No, it comes up, but I would say, I would say the views are all basically all the same. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. You all share the same view. That's wonderful. Well, I would say the ones that are outspoken share the same views. Oh, I see. And I think the one or two that might not just don't get into it. Right. And this is a sad commentary on me, but I just don't care. You don't care, so you're not going to get in the mix. I'm not. 
I'm not interested. They talk politics, I go inside. I'm yeah, and interested. I think what happens is people go with the idea of they know you're not supposed to talk politics at Thanksgiving, but people go there, have a couple drinks. Well, that you're right. And for me, what bothers me about the conversation is what bothers me about society, and that's ignorance. And I would fall in that, really in that way, because I don't know enough about the topics. I can cherry pick and I have certain ideas. Mm-hmm. But I don't read enough about what's going on. Right. And then you get into a conversation with someone that's knee deep in it, even if they have an opposing view of yours. How do you fight back? Right. If they've got like facts, Jerry. Yeah. And that to me is what's wrong with society. Everybody's got an opinion, but they've got nothing to back it up. And so, you know, I had this conversation with a friend of mine once where he was talking about something with the Jets, I believe. And he hadn't watched the Jet game all year. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he was wrong. He's like, well, that's my opinion. Mike, but it's it's baseless and worthless. It doesn't matter. It's my opinion. Okay, true, but what's the point? And I feel like that would be, if I got into the argument, I don't know enough about what I would be arguing about. What if prior to the Thanksgiving dinner, we let people coming to the the meal, the get-together, we let them know what topics we'd be discussing. Say, listen. Let them prepare. Do your research. We're going to talk about the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse situation. So we're like gonna, an exam now. Yeah, we're, we're going to discuss uh, Trump running for <laughs> Trump running for president again. Oh my Just gosh. all those topics. Just say, listen, be prepared. Have a viewpoint. Have a take. Have some um, uh, statistics, comparisons. Well, I at least now know I'm never going to a holiday with you. <laughs> Actually, we'll probably mostly just talk about the Jets in my uh, house at my sister's house. There's a lot of Jets fans there. Yeah, I hear They're you. They're going to want to know, what are we doing? What I bet you there's a, a big Mike White conversation at Thanksgiving. Mike White conversation? Yeah. Why wow. didn't we th- th- throw Mike White out there? By the way, Eddie, before we go, Eddie tells me uh, th- th- uh, there's some news on the uh, Hungerthon bidding on the post-game podcast? That is correct. According to our uh, leader, Spike, he just came and told me that it is now over $2,000. Nice. There's a bidding war, and evidently the way it works is every time somebody bids, it extends the bidding time another 10 minutes. Nice. Wow. So there's about four minutes left. Not that it matters to people listening to this, but it was over $2,000. Nice. awesome. How about that? That's well, that's kind of cool. cool. That's very cool, Jerry. Let's leave it at that then for the Thanksgiving uh, day. Tomorrow we'll be here doing the warm-up show. We're going to do cool games on a Wednesday. So, we are. Uh, alert all your friends on Facebook. Will Knock do. on your neighbor's doors tomorrow morning around uh, 5 o'clock to let them know at about 520. I will clearly be home again. That we'll be doing that. Okay. Then you'll let the people in your town know. <laughs> yes, I will. Right. Let I your, get a billboard. <laughs> let your children know, those of you listening, if you have children, let them know that cool games will be done uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. All right. All right, Jerry. We'll see you tomorrow then. Peace out. So Happy Thanksgiving. Everybody. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Be part of the show. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook. Better odds and favorable prices.
and Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. All right, well, here we go. It's a Tuesday morning on the fan. Rooney, what's up? Hello, the Eddie Scuzzeri and Al Thomas Dukes. How you be? What's your story, Jerry? <laughs> I have felt better. I'll say that. <laughs> so you're broadcasting from your palatial home estate, your home studios? Yeah, and it's funny. You know, you until you actually open your mouth, you don't realize how bad you sound. Yeah, uh, I did see you called me at 3 a.m., and when the phone rings at 3 a.m., never, never good. Never good. No. Never good. I thought you were, like, stuck on a highway somewhere with a flat tire or something, mm. Jerry. That might have been better, actually. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, was there you had a Rutgers game last night? Yeah, and everything was fine. Everything was good. Got home. Everything was great. What Went time did bed. that end? That that didn't go well. <laughs> they lost. They lost. They lost. That did not go. I felt fine. I got home. I felt fine. And I you went the, to sleep at what time? Um, I got home early for like normal. I was home by nine forty. Oh, very early. I was able to put the giant game on, started the third quarter, watched a little bit of that, and I passed out. So not terrible. And then about midnight, I woke up. I said, whoa, this don't feel right. And then at uh, 2.38 when I woke up, I said, this feels worse. Do you think you have the COVID, Jerry? I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, I can can taste. I can smell. I don't know. Breakthrough case. Did you have coronavirus already or no? I can't remember. Everyone's Um, got coronavirus. I can't tell who. I can't remember who had it, who hasn't had it. Officially, I have never had it. Officially, yeah. But if you do remember in that January before it started, it's the sickest I've ever been. So... I theorize that I might have had it, but I don't I know. See. All right. Well, listen, Jerry, God bless and hope you don't um, have the coronavirus. Thanks, Al. Have a great day. I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> Jerry, these Giants done pissed me off again. Yeah. Because here's the thing with the Giants, and I don't know why this is one of those shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me, won't get fooled again uh, moments, Jerry. Right. The Giants treat me like a sucker. And I am a sucker. Why? Because you try and buy into them? I always, always fall for it. I don't understand this notion that they were going to go into Tampa and win last night. First I of really all, don't. Right. If you look uh, if you look at all the things surrounding it, Vegas had them as double-digit losers. Yeah. Which was true. Brady had not lost three straight games since, I don't know, I was Ever? three years old. Right. Doesn't lose three straight games. The Giants and Daniel Jones are 100% losers in prime time. They kept that up. 0-8. I let Boomer Esiason, gut feeling, make me bet the Giants. Did you really? Straight up. I didn't even oh. want the points, Jerry. How how would you lose? Seven, eight no, bucks? No, yeah, because I, I, <laughs> I didn't trust the Giants that much. <laughs> I've got to, and I hear Craig talk about this whenever he discusses uh, gambling. You know, he's had uh, uh, some gambling addictions, Jerry. Yeah. He says, if you're going to bet, bet sensibly, which I do. I bet very sensibly. And listen to yourself only. Don't listen to call this phone number to get your picks. Don't listen to no hot takes, only sports entertainment, Nicostos. Right. Boomer Esiason. As the great Pat Cooper once said in the late 80s on the Howard Stern Show, Jerry, I am the genius of me. I know the Giants stink. So why do I continue to let others influence my takes on the Giants? Well, what I don't understand is you made a deal with yourself before the season began. You were going to pick everybody who played the Giants. Correct. And the under. 
Yep. So why have you gone away from that? The Giants don't score. There's too much noise around me, Jerry. I've got a former NFL MVP. No. Got a gut feeling. No. I've got Nick's Costos on no. the stream every commercial break. You got to believe in you, Al. Like, this no. is my calendar. No hot takes. Terrible. Infotainment. This is your fault. This is my fault. Yeah, it is. But I'm taking over for me from now on, Jerry. Well, I mean, it's week 10, week 11. It's about damn time you already went away from your idea. I'm such a fool. I I agree. And I'm a sucker every time. I actually thought last night, because I was looking at it too, and I'm thinking, boy, that Boomer's been pretty good with this stuff. I'm like, I can't do it. I just don't see it. There's no, in my mind, there was no possible way that the Giants were going to go in there and win unless, unless they played the perfect game, and I didn't think they were capable of it. I get suckered for coach talk from Joe Judge. A sucker, Jerry. Well, he does talk a good game. He does sound the part. The problem is I don't know that he's got the players to do it. Now, he did seem ticked off at coaching yesterday. This is all I'm getting from everyone on Twitter. I read the quotes, Jerry. He didn't directly say anything about particular coaches. Right. But all the media insiders, Jerry, from Kim Jones to rando Twitter people, all to the New York Post, all think he was directing that at Jason Garrett's lame-o offense. It certainly seems like it. But i got to tell you, Jerry, I watched the Buccaneers. They didn't look all that exciting on offense. A no, you lot know what they of do? dumps. They don't make mistakes. They and here's the problem. make mistakes. Tom Brady sits mm-hmm. back there for a half hour. Even I know he I know he gets the uh, gets rid of the ball quickly. For the most part, that's true. But there were throws last night where he's looking left, he's looking right, he's looking. It's like guys, somebody break through. It's it's hard, and he's too good to give him that much time. He didn't need to wear pads last night, Jim. No, he didn't. No, I mean aside from the one time he ran and scrambled for a few yards, got up and was all fired up. I mean, they, no one touched him. He dropped back. What was it? Forty six times. Yeah. He did not get hit. Back there. And so I agree with you, and I understand Joe Judge being frustrated with the offense because you can't continue. In a league where they want scoring and they have changed the rules for scoring, you can't put up 10 points and expect to win. So that's problem number one, no question. But defensively, you've got to do something, and you've got to stop. I don't know. It's just they're bad, and they've got decent players, and they're just not good. It's not a good mix for whatever reason. And to your point, and it's been your point forever, and I'm not arguing with you anymore. It's fine. But if if you're going to play Saquon Barkley, you've got to run him. And I know they got down early. You, Saquon Barkley can't have six carat. What's the point then? Right. I mean, just all, and I know they threw the ball to him seven or eight times. He had six catches, so it's not like he wasn't involved. But he, you know, Jonathan Taylor for the Colts, and I know they gashed the Bills. I get it. They had a commitment to the run. You give them the ball 25 times, and yeah, that's just, I don't know. You, you look at it, and you're like, what are they doing? Right, they made a big deal like, oh, the Giants have Saquon back. As What's usual, the point? 25 yards rushing, and you mentioned, uh, I think you said six resets. Yeah. 31 yards. Six short receptions. Great. Not much. Where, where, how could we possibly replace that in our offense when he's out? It's How about this? Don't even use him. Let's just throw the ball every time. You, an offensive lineman had Andrew your only Thomas. offensive touchdown. Yeah. Catch. I know. I know. I know. They had a chance. I forget what the score was. They had a chance when it was, I think it was 24. 
was a 24-10, whatever, in the third quarter when it was fourth and one, and they did exactly what they should do. They didn't kick the field goal on fourth and one. They went for it, and right then and there, when he throws him incomplete, game over. Like, you knew the game was done. I mean, I see this, uh, the, you know, they, the, the radio fellas, they send me the uh, Giants turning point because we do the contest at nine. Yeah, sure. I don't even know what this turning point means. This is well, how confusing the Giants are. Oh, you can't tell me to play. I don't know what it is. I got. Oh. I have it in front of me. I can't tell you what that means. I need you to text it to me. I mean, I do know what it means, but the point. In fact, it may have been exactly what you just said, Jerry. In fact, it was <laughs> oh, exactly that play what you just said. Yes. <laughs> well, maybe. I mean, listen. That was their opportunity. They had a good drive. I think it was in the third quarter, the start of the third quarter. They had a good drive, and they came up with nothing. And it's you know, it is a lost season because there we can talk all we want about. Well, look who's on their. They're on other people's schedule, and other people are going to feast on them. Or at least they're going to think. You know, they got to play the Eagles. The Eagles look like a much better football team right now than the Giants do. They sure do, Jerry. Jalen Hurts had three touchdowns last I week. I know. He's the they, quarterback. That looks like an NFL offense that can put points in the – hell, Taylor Heineke and, and Washington yes. looks like a better team right now. I love Taylor Heineke. I know you do. I know. I understand. So the Giants are in last place. We've played ten games. They're 3-7. and seven. For them to go nine and eight, I mean, just think they got to go six and two. I no six and one. Excuse me. I was listening to Carton Roberts yesterday. If the Giants win, oh, if if if, please, they got to give me a wild. No, they stink. Yeah, they're not good. They are they are who we thought they were at this point. We let them off the hook, Jerry. No one's letting them off the hook. They're on the hook, and the hook stinks. Joe Judge said. I told the players to show up Wednesday ready to I mean, go. We'll have a plan for blah, them. Blah, 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 blah. Unless the plan includes firing half your staff and making some cuts and bringing in new players, what yeah. difference does it make? No difference. Uh, you know, uh, it's it's what it – now they play – I'm trying to think. I know they play Sunday. Do they play New Orleans? Who do they play Sunday? The Giants play – no, they play the Eagles Sunday, actually. Oh, the Eagles are going to whip them, Jerry. And I don't like to root for Philadelphia for any Me reason. Either. But I'm openly rooting against the Giants now. You want the season over at this point? I do. God, just think, we're at week 11. We just finished week 11. And we're acting like they they were still somehow hanging around by well, last night's game. Please. They weren't, no, they weren't hanging around. But what I said to you yesterday, and again, I said it was unlikely. I said if they beat the Bucks, because that would have been a huge win because the Bucks are who they are, then they would have been really right in the mix. They'd have the same record as, as Washington and Philly. So all of a sudden, now you sit there and think a little bit differently. But they weren't capable of beating Tampa, so that's out the window. Go on. Um, they play Philadelphia on Sunday. So you go into Week 12, the Jets and Giants have a combined five stinking wins. Five. Five, Jerry. I mean, it is just – how many years of this? It's unbelievable. It really is incredible. How about that pick Daniel Jones threw right to the uh, Bucks defensive line. You mean Steve McClendon? <laughs> you know how many interceptions he had before last night it's in his career? It's got to be zero. Yeah, zero. He's been in the league since like 2010. He, it looked like he handed him a, a Christmas gift. Yeah, I don't I In don't a know. box. That's I, how the, the – he threw across his body right to a lineman. Right to him. And that's – you know, there's a lot of interceptions where you see the view, the camera angle from behind the play. And you can see, okay, fine, the receiver slowed down his route, but the ball was put in the right spot. You can see where the cornerback or the safety makes a break on the ball from behind the play, and it's just a great athletic play. And then you see some where you wonder, what in the hell is the quarterback looking at, and why did he throw it there? 
And that was one yesterday. That's a large man. <laughs> a very large man, Jerry. And he hit him right in the very large jersey. I'm with you. So first career interception for McClendon. And, uh, yes, that was just another of, oh, gosh. Now, that is luckily one bet I did make last night. Daniel Jones over under half an interception. Did you really? Easy money. I guess so. It let I me wonder... break even from that stupid bet that I took the Giants' money line. <laughs> I still Don't. can't believe you took the Giants' money line. <laughs> no more. No. And here's the thing with Boomer's predictions. You know, he had a couple of gut feelings early in the year. I did well. Right, but now I feel like... We're expecting his gut feelings, yeah, and we're forcing them out of him. Well, and that's on us. That's on us, Jerry. I blame the coaches. In fa- in fairness, he came in and said, "I woke up with a feeling." I don't think we forced anything out of him yesterday. You woke up with a feeling this morning, Jerry. It was a sore throat. <sighs> I feel terrible. What hurts the most? My heart. <laughs> <laughs> My throat. Your throat. Yeah. Oh, that's not good for a broadcaster, Jerry. You no, have it's a sore not. Throat. But what's bizarre is so again, it's five o'clock. It's five fifteen right now. I went to bed at nine forty. I felt use. I was there yesterday. How'd I look? Pretty good, Jerry. I felt fine. I did a college basketball game last night. Felt great. Drove home. All good. Listen to Bob Papa and Carl Banks after I listened to a little Carino and uh, Capstraw with the net game. Felt fine. Laid down. All good. And three hours later, woke up like some, you know, I got hit by a truck. Somebody I, must have infected you at that Rutgers game. I suppose. But, you know, I don't know. When I walk around that place, mask is on. I, it's, it is what it is. I don't know. What, what, can I, what can I tell you? We'll test today and find out. Well, Jerry, uh, I, I wish you well. I know you do. I know you do. You've never gotten sick as long as I've known you. So No. That's uh, that's what happens when you live alone. You don't see human beings, and Correct. you have children. Right. And as I long as catch... whimsy doesn't get you sick, like exactly. you don't need like dog worms or anything. Right. And I'm not going to catch any illness from whimsy. Although I do kiss her face, Jerry. Yes, yeah, so you got to be careful of that. You don't want to get like a raccoon sickness. And I do let her lick my face, even though she licks her butt. Let's do how... you really? Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, it's hard see, to. You're resist. odd. It's hard to resist, Jerry, a dog who wants to kiss your face. But a dog that licks its butt. Yeah. You have no problem with that tongue on your face. Yeah, for whatever reason, uh, uh, my idea is that the dog's tongue, the uh, the enzymes on the dog's tongue kill the enzymes from the dog's butt so everything's clean. Meantime, you use a, a handle on a door and you put your hands <laughs> under a heat lamp. <laughs> yeah, you let Whimsy do that and yeah. you won't do what Stu Finer's shirt says. Exactly. Yep. Oh, come on, Eddie. Not at all. <laughs> Exactly. Which shirt, by the way? <laughs> Never mind. Never mind. Mulch is here. Yes. No, I totally understand. All right. Let's take a break because when we come back, I'm very interested in this. We're going to have the Al Dukes fair-weathered fraudulent list of five teams. Now, this has changed from week to week. And I must say, I'm quite confused as to where he is going to go this week because a lot of those teams lost. I have an idea of two teams. The other three I'm quite curious on. So we're going to take a quick break, step aside. When we come back, I'm going to get a cup of tea. When we come back, Al is the star with his fraudulent list. And then we've got Boomer and Geo at 6 right here on The Fan. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, yeah, Van Halen. <laughs> What's up? It's Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. The Giants spit the bit again. They're 3-7. and seven. They lost last night in Tampa Bay. And so, you know, every Tuesday we got these little features we do on the warm-up show, including this one. Ladies and gentlemen, time now as we count it down to 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Time now for what we call the Al Dukes Fairweathered Fraudulent List of Five Teams. Favorite teams, that is. Al Dukes taking away the floor is yours. Jerry, this is no different than a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. wanting to join a contender. This is no different than the guys forcing themselves off of bad teams and putting themselves on good teams. I'm doing it now from the fans' perspective, Jerry. I like a lot of NFL teams, mostly winners. Can I take a quick guess? You want to take a quick guess at my list of fraudulent five favorite teams for this week? I think I have it. These would be teams I'm currently rooting for, Jerry. Are you ready? Yeah, go ahead. The Bears, Lions, Texans, Titans, and Giants. (laughs) All losers, Jerry. That's what I would be if I was a player. Probably on some loser team. Yes. These are a list of teams I'm rooting for that I would love to be traded to. I'm curious. I know of two. I'm curious of the other three. Number one. We've got a new number one. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are back, baby. Wait a minute. Hold on. They weren't even on on the list last week. But the Bucs supplanted and took over for the Cardinals? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Bucs are number one. They're back on your list. (laughs) Hold on, Jerry. Let me lower my music a little bit. There we go. Um, they're back on the list. They're number one. And you know why, Jerry? Because they beat down the New York Giants. And you like that. Number one. Like that. Buccaneers number one. Iran number zero. Whew. Number two, Jerry. <laughs> the Arizona Cardinals. All right. Fair enough. They're still there. Not thrilled with Colt McCoy as a quarterback. He's done well. But they're going to have a week off. And then they're going to have Kyler Murray back. Yeah, and I get that. So they're still hanging around on my list at number two. Number three, L.A. Chargers. Yeah, I knew that. I knew the Cardinals and the Chargers would be on your list. Oh, yes, they are. Number four on my list, Jerry, let's not forget, even though they played last Thursday night, so they've been off of our minds, New England Patriots. Ooh, I forgot about them. Oh, yeah, Jerry, because I'm all four now. I'm on Team Belichick. Yeah. Too many people disrespected him when Tom Brady went to Tampa and won a Super Bowl and left him with nothing at quarterback. I got to tell you, there's a part of me, and I said this last week, I didn't think I wanted to see it. There's a part of me that really believes you might get a Patriot Buccaneer Super Bowl. I would love that, Jay. I know you would. I would would love it. That would be one for the ages. Oh, my. Oh, my. And finally, Jerry, my number five team. They're back, and unfortunately, they beat your Dallas Cowboys, the Kansas City Chiefs. That's interesting mm-hmm. because they didn't win in the fashion you enjoy. It was right. a very defensive game, yes. low scoring, but they're winning games again. All right, fair enough. So the Cowboys are completely Cowboys off, are off the list. They're off the list. 
Wow. Okay. Uh, so my top five in order of teams I'm currently rooting for, Bucks, Cardinals, Chargers, Patriots, Chiefs. Notably missing, Dallas Cowboys. Any of those teams playing one another this week where you will have no idea who to root for? I don't know, Jerry. I don't like to look at the list until uh, Fridays for cool games. Cool games. I don't know what we're going to do this week. We're going to do it tomorrow. Do it tomorrow? We have to because you're out. I mean, I can do a Friday with Sal if you want. The Uh, problem is there's a triple header on Thursday. Yeah, plus if Sal does it, my mother will get worried that he's trying to steal my job. You know what I mean? And I well, it's just that. another bald guy. People might I not know, even realize it's him. She doesn't like that. She thinks he wears my headphones. Like, she just gets jealous yeah. for her son. You know what I mean, Jerry? Well, I do know he goes into your draw and takes your oatmeal. If he is taking my oatmeal, Jerry, <laughs> I'm going to be ticked. So we got to do that. We're going to do that tomorrow right, we'll do at 525. We'll do it tomorrow, Jerry, and we'll do it live. We'll do it live. Yes, sir. Did you see, uh, I saw this on multiple angles on social media. There was a wrestling, WWE wrestling at the Barclays Center here locally, Jerry. Now, we're sure this wasn't part of the act. Yeah, this was not part of the act. Somebody uh, attacked wrestler Seth Rollins as he was, uh, they were doing Monday Night Raw at Barclays Center. He was heading back to the locker room after his match. He was going up the thing. So everyone was filming him as he was. And out of nowhere, this dude came out and hit him with like a a tackle. Like he hit him a midsection tackle. Yeah. And then all the security jumped on the guy. And uh, it did not seem set up. And by all accounts, the WWE says it was not a part of the uh, act. And then the crowd started chanting, bleep him up. Yeah, because they uh, dragged him right back to the locker room. I hope the wrestlers beat him up. Well, I don't know if that was going to happen. Then you have a lawsuit on your hands. But I do think they tossed him right out into the street. I saw something great one time when ECW, the Extreme Championship Wrestling, before the WWE bought it uh, many years ago when I was still living in Florida. uh, And this one, ECW, was like, there was trouble, Jerry. Like, when you went to those events, things things were happening. Like, it was a very violent uh, wrestling. And some clown... From the crowd, slid into the ran up and slid into the ring. Okay, when I tell you the wrestlers beat the crap out of him, Jerry. It was yeah. awesome. Well, that's like when you see a guy run on a baseball field or a yeah. football field, and they clothesline him or they hit him. Like, get off our playing surface. Yeah, this is it's, where we play. And you don't know what those guys have. Like, who knew if that? Now I know they go through security, get in the building. But if you're Seth Rollins, how do you have any idea that that guy doesn't have something on him? Right. So it's the, and I'm I'm surprised because Barclays Center is pretty good. I know you said it's the second time this has happened. I'm surprised he was able to just jump the gate like that and get a free run at him. Free run and a and a clean tackle too. You know what that's going to do? That's going to make sure now that you're going to have security basically trailing these guys. I hope they let uh, Seth Rollins beat this guy up backstage with no I one looking. I don't think they did that. Oh, that would be so great, Jerry. Lawsuit. No lawsuit. There's no cameras. Uh, <laughs> lawsuit. I don't know what Seth Rollins' finishing move is, but they should let him put that move on him. Leg lock. Oh, you can't finish move with a leg lock, Jerry. You, you work the leg. No. You I can work the leg, Jerry. You can work it into a leg lock, but if your, fi- your final move then would have to be figure four leg lock. What is the move when you put your arms around the neck mm-hmm. and then you bend the head down? What's oh, that? Oh, uh, full Nelson. The full Nelson. There you go. I have not seen that in years, Jerry. The Could he just Nelson. choke him out? Could just choke him out. Put him to sleep. Speaking of that, we talked about this off the air yesterday. In the Washington game, yeah, they bent back, you know, on like a sack of yeah. uh, Taylor Heineke. They, the referee actually had to take the defender's arm, which was choking out 
Is it Taylor or Tyler Heineke? Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke. The referee was tapping his hand like, let go of this guy. Yeah. You've got him bent completely backwards. Like he looked like he was arching. Yeah. And it was, and that's where, because I said to you too, in the Kansas City Cowboy game, you had Ezekiel Elliott really got his, his ankle, got rolled really badly, and then he came back into the game. You got Heineke getting bent backwards. His leg was completely under him, and these guys get up, walk, and come back and play. And then you see these other guys that have these what look like nothing injuries, and they're gone for eight weeks. Yeah, I don't it's, get it. It's amazing. It's like the bodies are just built so different. Howard Stern has found himself back in the news, Jerry. You know, he was in the news uh, last week after he was screaming about Aaron Rodgers lying to the media. Right. You know, so he got in the, the newspapers for that. He well, was trending. He was trending. Well, he's trending again yesterday briefly. What do you do now? He again went after Aaron Rodgers. He knows how to get uh, in the news these days, Jerry. He said uh, of Aaron Rodgers, quote, now I hear he has a toe injury. I did see that, yes. When he had the toe injury, did he go to the doctor or did he go to Joe Rogan? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> That's actually amusing. Yeah, that would amuse me. I tell you, I give him credit, though, for a guy who's on satellite. People pick up his stuff. Occasionally. Yeah, I mean, I, I know it's Aaron Rodgers. I get it. But everybody in the country on sports radio has been talking about Aaron Rodgers for the last two weeks, and he's the one trending. That's but true. It's pretty good. But he's trending because of Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Now but, Aaron Rodgers has more cachet than Howard Stern. But uh, I suppose, but why is Jim Rome not trending for killing Aaron Rodgers? Maybe he didn't kill Aaron Rodgers. Oh, he, he did. He's got oh, soft no. over he, the years, this Jim Rome. He did. He did? Yes. I think a lot of people did. Hmm. A lot of people killed Aaron Rodgers for what happened. Is you that know right? that. My son, actually, we were watching uh, on, We were watching the NFL today on Sunday, and we saw Rome come on, and then he was gone. I don't understand. I would love to talk to uh, CBS. The, so the they fly him in for that one 60-second hit, yes. and then he flies home? It doesn't make any sense. Like, why, why not do that on the beach in L.A.? Or in the studio out there. It doesn't make Anywhere. any sense at all. That must be written in a contract where you're flying me to New York. You're putting you're me Rome, up in luxury hotels. Why would you want to do that, though? Because it makes you feel like you're a big star. But he is you, already. I know, but it makes you feel it more. Like He's in Tinseltown. They're flying me first class. I guess. That seems like a lot or of trouble. Private. It's a lot of trouble. To, and then, by the way, it's not like coming from Myrtle Beach to New York. Right. You're coming across the country. I, I don't get it either. Like, I would rather not, but, you know, I don't like to do anything. I like to fly. I don't like to pointlessly fly, though. Right. That seems pointless to me. Right. Imagine your plane goes down and it was because you were coming across country to do a 60-second hit that you could have done from the studio in <laughs> Los a, Angeles. That's a morbid take. Very morbid take. <laughs> I, I mean, yes, I understand what you're saying, but I think we have very uh, we have a lot of confidence in air travel these days. We do. But I understand what you're saying. It's a lot of work yes. for 60 seconds or 70, whatever it right. is, the essay that he actually Unless he does more. I didn't have the full hour on. Maybe no, he does more with them. No, that's normally all he does. Hmm. That seems bizarre. Very bizarre. Well, you know what they say? Good for you. Hey, Jim Rome, good for you. He's probably making more for that 75-second uh. hit than we are for the year. Of course. <laughs> and good for him. Maybe he just wants to get out of the house. Who knows? Um, you never know. You never is know. Is he a married man? Somebody. He is a married man. Long time yeah. married man. Well, you might have hit on with it children's. Now. That's certainly very possible. Yeah, that's like his one day. Right, I gotta oh. work. Right. Plus, they probably put up a. They probably fly him in Saturday. 
Oh, for sure. Put him Go up on Saturday a, night with the guys. Oh, in a beautiful hotel. Nice steak dinner. He's in a robe and veiling himself to, to himself. Who? Himself. Like, are you going to do that in a couple of weeks when we have our Christmas day and night? Yeah. Are you going to walk around the hotel in New York City in your robe and just looking out the window? Probably not. Because I do get freaked out, like, how many people had this robe on? Will you walk nude in the room? No. I'm not a nude walker. <laughs> well, I hope not. I'll be in my jeans. I'll change from jeans. I'll go jeans to my pajama bottoms to bed to wake up to shower to my jeans again. <laughs> and a different shirt, I hope. And a different shirt. It's probably same jeans. Well, different yeah. shirt. We, you only own two pair. Three. I've got a three-jean three. rotation. I'm like uh I'm like a baseball team with a pitching rotation. I've got three <laughs> aces. By the way, speaking of that, we'll do this on the other side briefly. Steven Matz in the news. The Mets lose another pitcher, and this one I don't understand why. So that's a little bit of a radio oh, tease. Oh, look at that radio tease you did We'll there, get Jerry. to that coming up next, and then Boomer and Geo at the top of the hour right here on The Fan. Don't go away. All right, well, we're not breaking the girl, but the Giants are breaking their faces as they lose again last night to Tampa. Real quick, a couple of things. So the fourth and one play that we were talking about, I heard on the radio listening to Papa and Carl Banks. I actually just got the first look at it. I did not realize Daniel Jones had Saquon Barkley wide open on the right sideline. It would have been an easy first down, but whatever. That is what it is. And I just got another look at the uh, <laughs> the interception. Just Wow. The um, lineman was surprised it hit him right in the like, chest. It's like they were playing in the street. Hey, I'm open. Throw it to me. Man. Um, so, yeah, so the Giants lose. Nets did win last night. A um, couple of things here with the Mets that I found very interesting. Steven Matz, okay, fine. I guess they made an offer to him. Makes sense. He pitched fairly well last year for Toronto. That's whatever. This is what I don't understand. So, if you have the most money of any owner in baseball, and Steve Cohen does, now I get not spending like a drunken sailor because that's not a recipe to win, and I've always believed that. Look at the Tampa Rays. You can look at teams that spend money properly and do things the right way top down and ground up, and that's how you win games. You develop your own players, and then you kind of add on. I understand that. That having been said, you had a guy last year, an Aaron Loop. You know his ERA was under one as a reliever, Al? Aaron Loop, this is? I did not uh, I did not know that. He pitched in 65 games to an ERA of 0.95. And it's one thing that, you know, Noah Syndergaard takes his act to L.A. See ya. Get out. You did nothing here anyway over the last three years. But Aaron Loop last year was the Mets' best reliever by far. And they let him just walk away for two years and 16 or $17 million. And I don't, I really, I don't understand. Now, you know, you pay starters $35 million to give you five or six innings, hopefully 30 times a year. This guy went out there 65 times and threw to an ERA under one, and he's gone. Where did he go? He went to L.A. with Syndergaard. What? He's I, on I the Angels also? Yeah. And I don't get it. Like, again, you don't want to just throw money at people for no reason. This guy performed here, though. And he did, and I know relievers are, you know, you know some. I mean, look at Edwin Diaz. One year the greatest closer in the game, and the next year he's terrible. But Luke did it here, and I just don't understand why they let him walk away. I was very surprised by that. And he did that somewhat under the radar. Like he's not uh, people would go, "Ooh, Aaron Luke." Um, I think a Met fan. I think if you talk to most Met fans, they'd be disappointed that he was gone. A lefty reliever. He's got a weird delivery, but God, he was good. And it was, you know, you felt good when he was in a game. I mean, he was that good last year. Uh, he was under the radar because they weren't very good. 
I'll have to check with Darren at the seven line, see what he thinks about that, Jerry. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm off base. I just, I was, I was really surprised when that came up. It sounds statistically like Jerry, you are on base. I am on base, and you if we were still doing base. that, if we were still doing that, silly. Are you really surprised? <laughs> yeah, we did do that last week with CeeLo. I was going to do it again, but uh, I don't know, Jerry. I, I was going to give it a week off. I was going to rethink it over the... Oh, no, I was I was happy you let that go. <laughs> I was going to rethink it over the Thanksgiving holiday, see if we're going to bring it back as a fall replacement or something. But uh, for right now, it's a dead segment. I think we've had some really good segments. Yeah. That one. Mm. That one, not so great. Not so great. Even the Beatles had bad songs, Jerry. That's exactly right. Uh, now, uh, uh, Mike McCormick, Jerry. A uh, fella on Twitter said to me and sent me the move. The Seth Rollins, the wrestler, yeah. his finishing move is the curb stomp. The curb stomp? Yeah, where okay. when like you're down on the ground. And you kick air, make it look like you kick the guy in the face. He will take his foot, put it on your head, and slam your head right into the uh, right into the canvas. Oh, okay. That Great sounds like move. it hurts. Great move. I've been listening to uh, a political podcast on my way in and out of work, Jerry. I thought you were listening to those two comedians, Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, yeah, I'm listening to that one, too. I, I got a lot. Of, I got a long commute. I got a lot to listen to. I cannot wait to talk politics at Thanksgiving. Like, I just can't wait to get into it with some of my relatives. Why don't you talk to Boomer? Because <laughs> Boomer and I agree on everything. Oh. It's no fun. So you want to argue? Yeah, I want to, like, argue with somebody. So you don't want to have a fun holiday? No, I want to get in there and mix it up politically with, you know, like, grandmothers and uh, grandfathers and uh, the aunts and uncles. I just I hear mix political it up talk. Little. I walk in the other room. No, I'm going to bring it up. As soon as someone says, pass the turkey, I'll go, oh, really? Pass the turkey? Do you know that politics? <laughs> You're going to go from pass the turkey <laughs> yeah, to politics. politics. <laughs> I'm like, hey. Oh, really? Pass the turkey. Because the GOP says... I don't even know what the GOP is. I just know it's a political statement. I know your I know your mom likes you. Yeah, my mother does care for me a lot. Yep. When you show up at, at a function, yeah. are your sisters like, oh, he's here no, already? No, no, they like me as well. They do. Mm-hmm. Alex said the grand old party. Is GOP? Correct, which is uh, the Republican Party. Oh, I, I, I did not know that. Yeah, no, I'm going to walk in. I'm going to be like, who wants, to, as soon as it's like everyone's having a good time, I'm going to be like, who wants to talk politics? Are you going to wear a uh, filthy Joe Biden shirt to Thanksgiving <laughs> dinner? Some, yeah, anything, Jerry. I'm going to try to just like I'm going to wear different hats, different T-shirts, just to see if anyone wants to stir it up. Because not for nothing, to see how low society has sunk. Yeah, I don't care if you like Biden, if you like. I really, I don't care. Mm-hmm. But what I don't care for are the the bleep them stickers. <laughs> Yeah, I don't care for that either. Oh, come I, on. I, I, don't, I, I like to keep my political arguments clean, Jerry. I hear you. Uh, I see LeBron James. Now, I had a question for you, Jerry. So there was the brouhaha the other night, LeBron James versus uh, Isaiah Stewart. Yeah. Now, LeBron got a one-game suspension. Mm-hmm. Now, they play the Knicks tonight. Yeah. Yesterday, I heard you say that if he got suspended, he could he could uh, appeal it and still play tonight. Is I that said happening? I, I said I wasn't sure what sure. the NBA rules are if he could appeal a suspension and potentially play, and I'm I not thought, clear on that. Yeah, I thought that was the I thought that as well when you said it. It made sense, but the, all the headlines today are that he's not going to play tonight at the yeah, Garden. I saw that too. I mean, you know, I, again, I know in baseball you can appeal a suspension very quickly and then stay in the rotation or whatever the case may be and play in that particular game. I don't know the rules of the NBA. That having been said, like I thought it was fair what they gave him because, yes, I know what he did. I also saw him basically say, my bad, immediately. And then Stewart really inflamed the whole thing and I thought was out of control. So, 
You don't get you don't get LeBron. So if you're a Knicks fan and you get the Lakers this one time, it does stink. But you also get Carmelo, you get Russell Westbrook, you get Anthony Davis. So no LeBron, that's fine. But you still have plenty of star power. You know who I feel bad for, Jerry? The children. The rich children who get to go to Madison Square Garden tonight, and we're hoping to see LeBron James. I understand. And what do they have? No LeBron James. James. Well, not tonight, no, that's for sure. If they're sitting in that lower bowl, they're not going to be able to watch LeBron. Now, I did see that Carmelo uh, is very excited about returning to the Garden, uh, talking about the Garden and Knicks fans, quote, that love is different. That fan base is different for me. It goes deeper than basketball. They embrace me. I embrace them. You know, Carmelo is an interesting one because his time here was odd. They were good for a while, and they had that 50-something win season. They went to the playoffs, and the Garden was alive, and Carmelo really was like the man. And the one thing that no one will ever take away from Carmelo Anthony is when they were having trouble getting guys here, he wanted to be here, and he wanted to be the guy to turn things around. So I do think that there are a lot of Knicks fans that have an affinity for him. The problem is it didn't end well. And I don't know that the Nick fan in totality loves him, but if he feels that way, good for him, honestly, because that means he's got a good feeling, good memories about playing here. Now, Jerry, when Carmelo says of Knicks fans, they embrace me, I embrace them, do you think he's talking directly to Boomer Esiason? Uh, no, I do not. He's one that's not a huge fan anymore. He's not a big fan of Carmelo. He is not. That is correct. Mm. I mean, there, you know, there have been stories about Carmelo, and we've we've played the clips and we've talked about it, that make you think he's not the type of player we thought. So there was the one clip, I forget who it was, a former Nick that said playing with Carmelo was tough because you would win a game, but if he didn't play well, he'd be, you know, not in a great mood in the locker room. Yet if he scored 40 and you lost, he'd be walking around saying, hey, keep your chin up, we're good. And so that, I think, bothers people and kind of rubs you the wrong way, and I think Boomer is that way as well. See, I feel like I would be like that kind of player. If I did yeah, well, for sure, I'd be like in the locker room. Hey, man, we'll get him next time. That's a hundred percent you. And then if we if we won, but I barely got in there, I'd be ticked. You are the type, like in youth baseball, if a kid goes four for four and you lose nine one, oh yeah, you'd be like, you get in the car. I did pretty good, didn't I? <laughs> in my part, hey, these guys stink. <laughs> I can't do everything out there. I'm one hey, guy. You know what I like about you? You're very honest. I'm one kid. You're very, very honest. Yeah, anytime they're doing teams when you'll hear this NFL players, baseball players, like, hey, man, we won. That's really all that matters. No, we need to see. <laughs> you want to per- be a part. Yeah, you want to be a part of it. I hear you. All right, we got to take a break. We're going to be a part of the Boomer and Geo show. That comes up in just a few minutes. But right now, we have an Odyssey Sports Minute with the great Amy Lawrence. Yeah, you know what it's about, Jerry? Whatever she's talking about. NFL fans who boo their own teams. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. All right, welcome back. Another loss for the Giants last night in Tampa. The Nets won. You've got Knicks, Lakers coming up tonight. Real quick, Al, did you see Rich Gannon's tweet about the Jets and Giants? What did he do? He wrote after the game last night, if you took the best players from the Giants and Jets and combined them to make one team, I'm not sure they'd win eight games. Oh, is that right? That's rough. You follow Rich Gannon on Twitter? I don't. Chris Lepresti retweeted that. Really? CeeLo's following Rich Gannon on Twitter? I guess. Well, yeah, I guess so. I did Monday QB with Rich yesterday. Oh, he is was, that right? Uh, all fired up. He tends to be a little bit edgy. What is he? Uh, who does he like l- less, Daniel Jones or the Jets? 
He thinks they both suck. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I, I tend to agree with him, though, right now. Yeah, well, the only Jets uh, receiver who caught a touchdown is WFAN and WFAN-FM and HD1, New York. An Odyssey station.